We're here this morning at C3 Roselle. I love this church. Such a great vibe. Isn't, isn't the city good? We've got all these campuses around the city and God's moving. And who's been here for, in the last sort of six months, 12 months? You're sort of new in this church. Just put your hand right up, right up. Awesome. How good is this church? Wow. Young mum, five kids. You're a legend. I take my hat off to you. I, how do you do it? I've got three kids. I'm struggling. And um, amazing. So uh, this morning, uh, I want to get into this. The series we're in is called Staying the Course and uh, the Road Less Travelled. And uh, you think, well, what is it to stay the course? And essentially, you know, staying the course is just walking with Jesus and staying in the house of God. And uh, who knows that life has got a way of uh, throwing a curveball at you every now and then. And and it isn't just a straight road. And uh, there's twists and there's turns. There's hairpin bends. There's a bit of reversing going up. Sometimes we miss the exit in a season. We stay on that road for too long. Sometimes we're going the wrong way. You see those guys on the news, those people driving down the freeway for about 400 kilometres going the wrong way and the police are just chasing them and they just pull them over and they say, what's wrong, officer? And you're going the wrong way. I had no idea. And sometimes we've got no idea. But staying the course is about staying on course and walking with God, walking the journey of the dream. I love that because life is a journey. It's not a sprint. There's a whole lot of things that God has called you and us to do. There's a mandate on us. There's a calling. There's stuff that God wants us to do. And we can't do it without Him. And we have to do it together. And He puts us in this dynamic called church. And He says, come on, you've got to figure this out. You've got to work this out. And too easy, we pop out of church and we don't hold the course. And, you know, I remember when I first got saved and I look back now as a 16-year-old back then and there was a whole lot of people more gifted than me, more on fire than me, smarter than me, knew the Bible better than me but unfortunately they're not they haven't stayed the course they're not around and so there's thousands of people better than you and I who haven't made it and so I think that's not to do with my talent it's not to do with my gifting it's just got to do with me understanding that we can't do it on our own we need to stick together and we need to be people who are planted in the house of God and so uh, you know how do you stay the course when things aren't going the way you want them to go has anyone got anything in their world that's like not going exactly how you thought it was going to go? Anyone? Am I just the only person? Okay. How do you keep your faith if you're in a dark moment? When it's like, it's a bit dark at the moment. And, you know, we walk through the valley. The key to that is, is don't stop in the valley. You've got to get through that valley. In between every mountaintop is this huge valley. The key is not to stop in the valley. How do you journey well? And so uh, our heart across all our campuses is that we will be anchored in prayer and that we would see everyone get through wherever they're at so that they can negotiate their way to the season that God wants them to be in. Okay, so one of the things I've found about staying the course is that my position has always determined my condition. That What that means is my position on the inside ends up changing my condition on the outside. And you could be in a season or a stage of life or a situation, you've got a circumstance that's putting pressure or something that's not happening that you want to happen. And you think, well, I've got to do this, this or this, or I've got to, I've got to change church or I've got to change job. And, and often what God wants to do is form Christ in you in that season. Because you might be in a winter, but the good news, spring's coming, spring's here, summer's coming. And we need the seasons of life to develop a wholeness and a healthiness in our world. And so 
this is what I find in my world that I need to actually stay the course and stay in the season so Christ is formed in me in the best way that He wants to form in me. He wants to form His image in me. Too often we pop out of the season and we want just the drive through. We don't want to wait. We sort of we just want instant favor, instant blessing, instant easy days. But God says, no, no, I'm going to form something far more eternal and purposeful. And so in staying the course, often it takes us on what they call a road less traveled. And the destination, the end game is often what we thought we wanted, but how we get there. Because there's God's way and there's man's way. Like Ward just said, there's, there's the ways of the flesh there's the ways of the Spirit. Whatever is born of the flesh, unfortunately, has to be maintained in the flesh. Whatever is born in the Spirit has to be maintained by the Spirit. And so there is the blessing in the success that God brings, and there's a, a success that man can bring. But in the end, it, it doesn't lead to life. But God's way always leads to life. So I believe we need to hold fast to four positions. I'm going to come to the Word of God. We're actually going to go through a ton of Scripture this morning. But I was thinking about this, and, and uh, I'm thinking, how do you stay the course? How do you actually make it? How do you get through that stuff? And often the answer isn't actually the change in your external situation that you want to actually be the answer to your problem. It's often a change in the position on the inside of you. And so number one, the obvious one, staying the course is about being connected to four things in my world. Think, how have I made it? I got saved as a, as a teenager in high school. I'm still walking the walk. We're still building the church. We're still married. We're still loving people. We're, I look forward to church every week. Every, every week I drive to church and I drive past all these marinas and all these boats and all these beaches. And, and I think, what am I doing? But then I, I know what I'm doing. I'm like... You couldn't pay me. Wild horses couldn't drive me away because I know I'm not that good. But being in the house of God, I'm unstoppable. His presence and His power. So number one is this, Jesus, staying connected to Jesus. Isn't the answer just, can you wave a wand and fix my problem or can you change my circumstance? The answer is just stay walking with Jesus. There comes a moment when everyone walks over that threshold and you surrender your life to Christ. I remember uh, trembling up the back and shaking and crying at the altar call when Oxford Falls was at DY and it was the altar call salvation. And there was like this invisible line and there was a threshold that I had to step over. The first step was for me to lift my hand and it was to surrender. It's like, come on, step out and receive Jesus. And I was like, I know I've got to do it. I know I should do it. My heart is racing. I'm shaking. I can feel the power of God and everything he's saying is he's talking to me and, and there's a moment when you go, yes, that's me. And, then, and at the end, you come out and you step out the front and, and there's a threshold. And when you get saved, it's like you continue to do that. There's moments where you continue to re-surrender your life and just can surrender it all back to him in the good, the bad and the ugly. John fifteen five says, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can't do anything. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown and with withers and such branches are picked up and thrown into the fire. If you remain in me, my word remains in you. Ask whatever you wish. This is when you start getting to some awesome victory and it will be done. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit. 
Just stay walking with Jesus. Turn to the person and say, just hang in there. Stay walking with Jesus. Life's a bit of, sometimes you're on the back foot, sometimes you're on the front foot. If you're on the back foot, just lean in onto the front foot. So I'm going to keep walking. Ain't no circumstance, ain't no budget, ain't no deficit, ain't no problem in my marriage, problem in my job. This is problem in my church. Someone offended me or something's not, they don't sing songs, I like, whatever. It ain't going to knock me out. You're not going to get rid of me. It's not going to knock me out of walking with Jesus. Just walking with him, talking with him. Hey God, hey Don. Thank you Jesus. Lord, I thank you today. There's a whole lot of things I need. There's a shopping list a mile long. God, I thank you for your presence. Your presence changes everything. Just coming into your house, coming into your presence in the morning, that private devotional presence, that corporate worship presence, that sense of devotion, that sense of setting apart. I so admire you guys because like, you're swimming upstream. Millions of people don't want to go to church, but you go, man, I'm going to church because you know walking with Jesus, that is what separates you. That's the difference. That is the edge that you have in everything you do. I mean, some of us are pretty good, but really, there's not a lot going for a lot of us, really. But when God gets in you, does that make sense? Like, like you know when you know yourself, you're good, but you're not that good. Like, you sort of know yourself better than most people. But when God gets in you, it's like, man, I didn't know life could be so good. I didn't know this could, this is amazing. You can't, you don't, you got to trade that old life in for the Jesus life. That's the key. Number one, how are you going to stay the course? Just keep walking with Jesus. Number two is probably my big one here because it's such a revelation. It's a revelation to the house of God. You need a revelation of His house. It's not like a duty. It's not something you go and do, but you actually are planted and you're in the house of God. I call this number two, which is planted in the house of God. How to stay the course? Stay planted. Just stay planted. Attend the house. Be regular. Psalm 92. The righteous shall flourish like a palm tree. He shall grow like a cedar in Lebanon. Those who are planted in the house. It doesn't say those that attend the house. Those that kick the tires of the house. Those that have opinions about the house. Well, I'm around sometimes. It's those that are planted. It's not pot planted. It's like big tree planted. You know, it's like if you're a pot plant, you can pick yourself up and run over to this church. Oh, I don't like it there. Run somewhere else. Don't have a pot. A pot, a plant, a tree can only grow to the size of the pot. You're in a big church. You're in a healthy church. You're in a fire church. This is a great church to be planted in. I would go to this church if I didn't have a church just over the road there. But this is awesome. Stay flourishing and they shall bear fruit in old age. Who wants to bear fruit at the end of the day? You know, that's the difference. People bear a lot of fruit in the beginning, but at the end, I don't know. Jesus reverses all that. Your best days are yet to come, all of you. He says they still, they'll be fresh and flourishing, not old and grumpy. A lot of people don't look forward to old age. If you're walking with Jesus and you're planted in the house, this is at the end of your days. If you're there at the end of your days, you'll be fresh and flourishing. That's a vision for your life. There's a vision in this house. There's a vision. The house of God is the vision you need to have. The greatest vision you could have for your life is to be planted in the house of God all the days of your life. Having a vision for the house, not something you just go to, but something you're planted in. You've got skin in the game. It's not a hotel. It's a home because you make it a home. You belong to it. You're not a member. You're a disciple. You're a believer. This is your home and ain't no storm, no season and it's going to knock you out of the race. Come on, give God a hand. Oh, 
It's sacred. It's not monthly. It's not bi-monthly. It's weekly. Have a few holidays. I'm into holidays. I would celebrate anyone having a holiday. It's awesome. But you're in the house of God. This is where you live. And your fruitfulness, your prosperity, your effectiveness, your influence depends on the fact that you are planted in the house. Joshua 24, 15. But if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, then choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve, whether the gods your ancestors served. You can serve the gods of your past or you can serve the gods of the Amorites, those who's, the, the, the land that you are living in. But as for me, my house, we will serve the Lord. See, when you get saved, normally your life's not looking all that flash. And Jesus has this way of transforming your life. And he exchanges your old life for this beautiful life. It's called a beautiful exchange. It's the receiving of Christ. And you step into this abundant life and a whole lot of stuff he takes away. And he puts a whole lot of stuff in and a whole lot of things change. And hey, who knows that your life gets an upgrade when you get saved? Truly, is anyone's life actually better? But when we start going good and, you know, get blessed and, hey, life's pretty good and you meet this Miss World and you're batting above your average and you get married and you have a kid and you think, man, my life, oh, yeah, yeah, and things get so good and we think, oh, I don't know if I need God anymore. And you're living in a land that you knew you could not get on your own, but it's only because of the blessing of God. He's saying, hey, do you want to be like the people whose land you've occupied? Or do you want to just go back to how it was? I don't think anyone really wants to go back to how it was. But he's been very wise here. He says, as for me and my house, I'm going to service the Lord, serve the Lord. The word flourish, it means to achieve success, to prosper, to be in a state of activity or production, to reach the height of development or influence, to grow luxuriantly, to thrive. Who wants to thrive? Who wants to be blessed? Who wants to be prosperous? He says, just plant yourself in the house of the Lord. The Hebrew word says to bud, to sprout, to send out shoots and to blossom. The word flourish applies to the time of life in a tree just after winter where the seeds, where the trees and the buds start to spring with new life. And, and, but see, the season just before that might be the season you're in. It's like winter. There's no leaves, there's no flowers, there's no glory, there's no fun. It's just cold. It looks dead. The tree looks dark. I've nearly cut down so many trees in my backyard only to realize, oh, it's winter. They don't have any leaves. Look at all these trees. Get rid of them. They look like they're dying. Get out of my garden. But you know what? Those seasons are good because it's those seasons, you know, like, you know, who's ever bitten? I had a beautiful apple this morning. It was so crisp and so fresh. If that apple tree hadn't gone through the four seasons of life, it wouldn't have produced the beautifulness of the fruit. If that apple tree just hung around all summer, the fruit would be awful. If it just lived in winter, the fruit would be awful. You need all the seasons of life to mirror image Christ and being formed in your world. Enjoy the season you're in because this is going to make you sweeter, juicier, more beautiful, more favorable, more blessed. It's like, I'm in a great season. I'm in the fire. But it's a great season. It's good for me. And uh, it's all good. Right, so the deal is this. Whatever's not happening, don't worry. Winter's over, as Pastor Chris says. And summer is coming. The deal is here, when you're planted, this is the deal. You're planted. Just because the seasons change doesn't mean the tree moves doesn't mean that you jump ship 
or you go somewhere else. Being planted in the house of God is being planted in a set of relationships. If we maintain regular relationship with Jesus and each other, his people, we are assured. We are assured. There's no doubt. There's no confusion. There's no ifs. There's no buts. It's an absolute assurance, a confidence. It will happen. We are assured that our life will flourish. I love the verse in Isaiah chapter 2. It says, this is what Isaiah, the son of Amos, saw concerning, concerning Judah. In the last days, the mountain of the temple will be the chief among the mountains to be raised above every hill, every nation. I mean, this is like a prophecy. It's, it's like, it's like the, the floating of like Google or Apple at like $1 a share. It's like, this is going to be the best, best thing in the world to get involved in. And you, your share price goes to like $600. Like, why wouldn't you be? Look, at, look, look what God is saying. It will be the chief. Everyone will stream to it. Everyone will say, come, let us go to the house uh, of the Lord, the house of the God of Jacob, the house where dreams come true. Where is this house? You're sitting in it. It's like, why wouldn't you? It's like, this is the best kept secret. There's too good for too few. I'm telling you, what is going on in this house? There's too good for too few. This is the secret that God wants to get out that He is alive and He's risen and there's a victory that you and I can live in. The greatest vision we can have is a vision for the house of God. If your vision has become sound, refresh that vision because this is what you've got to understand in Ezekiel where the river flows out of God comes through the house on the way. The river of life that flows into the world Bible makes it clear that it flows out of the doorposts of the house. You and I are that house. You and I are the vessels that the river of life that is flowing into this world is going to flow through. Isaiah was a son of Amos. Sons don't attend church, sons are the church. That's the deal. You are the church, you're in this thing. He saw a mature church where people had grown up like Jordan and, and Ward. They found partners. They got married. They're raising kids. They're wise. They're blessed. They're successful. They're poised. They're influential, leading people to Christ. They're gracious. They're loving. They're forgiving. They've got vision. There's a spring in their step. There's something about their life. And God wants you to have that. It's called being planted in His house. And it says in verse 3, it says, Come, let us go to the mountain of the Lord. This is like God thinking. It's, it's kingdom at its best. It's totally inclusive. It's who can you bring? Anyone, wherever you're at, no matter what stage, what season, what, whatever's happening. He says, just come. Just drop your, your plow and your sword and whatever you are in the field, whatever you're doing, whatever your line of, just, just come as you are. God is always open for business. Just come as you are. King David this guy could have anything he wanted. He could have as many of anything or anyone he wanted. But he knew the secret to his life is in Psalm 27. One thing I've desired of the Lord that I will seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. He could worship God on his own. He had his own little church. You know, he just, I'm just going to worship God on my own. I don't want to go where all the people are. He could worship God on his own mountain. He owned mountains. But he chose to worship God in the temple. He knew, you know, if, if, if a king who has everything needed the house of God, how much more do we need it? Psalm 84 says, how lovely is your dwelling place. 
How lovely is the place that you've designed and purposed for me? You it's basically saying, you can't keep me away. You know, you can, sometimes you drag your feet to church. David, I'm telling you, you can't drag me away from the house of God. My soul yearns. I'm fainting for the courts of my God. My heart and my flesh cry out. This is not only a man who longs for the house. He's longing for the God of the house. He's like, well, I'm hearing church. No. You're longing for the God of the house. At your core, if we cut you, you bleed. Love for the house and love for the God of the house. His longing has faith. His longing has faith because he knows, he knows that his life can only be fulfilled in its greatest desires and in its greatest depth by being planted in the house of God. The only thing that really satisfies us is God. And that comes when we plant ourselves in the house of God. Psalm 120 says, says, I rejoice with those who said to me, let us go to the house of God. Who wants to go to church? Yeah! Oh, I don't know. It's like, man, what you, what's satisfying you that's not really satisfying? When you discover it's the God of the house that brings the satisfaction, you're there. In an instant, Psalm 84, even the sparrows have found a home and the swallows a nest for her young. A place near your altar. Even the sparrows find a home. You know, the safest place to be is on this altar. No matter what's happening out there, getting on this altar as regularly as possible is the greatest place. Blessed are those who dwell in your house. They will be still praising you. That word dwell means to sit down. It means to abide. It means to continue. It means to marry. It's like I'm married to this place. I'm married to my wife, but I'm sort of in the house of God. It's like it, I am the house. Like you and I are the house. It's not a building. It's not an institution. It's not an organization. The house of God, before it was anything, was a family. It's a family. And you have been grafted into that family because of Jesus Christ. Blessed is the man, verse 84, uh, chapter 5. Chapter 84, verses 5. Blesses the man whose heart is of strength is in you, whose heart is set on a pilgrimage. This whole walk, it is a pilgrimage. It is a, there is winds that try and blow you off course. There are times where you think, oh, I don't know if I'm going to make it. That's good. You're going to make it. Just get with someone, have a chat, get to that prayer meeting, get to an extra service. Pastor Phil says this great thing. He says, go to one service a week to receive and one service a week to give to give out it's like if you're always eating and eating and eating but you never go to the toilet you're going to have a problem I think there's too many constipated Christians we need to be giving and receiving we need to be active and that's where that's, that's, that's the X factor in a Christian walk so you've got to know it's a journey so you've got to have a journey mentality a journey mentality says keep walking a journey mentality says you've got to get up again. You've been knocked down. You're here, but you're not here. You've got to get up again. You've got to believe again. You've got to pray again. You've got to believe that word again. You've got to give it another go. You're going to say, well, I'm not going to volunteer again. Yes, you are. You're built for it. You can volunteer. You've got to get into it. Just make a decision. Think, oh, but that person offended me. The problem with church is it's filled with a whole lot of people like you and me. And we haven't all got it together. But together, we're awesome. Together, we do get it together. So there's a whole lot of forgiving and loving. That's got to, it's not all over. It's not the end of the world. It might look like the end of the world, but it's not. 
the end of the world. Trust me, when it is the end of the world, you'll know. Okay. Stay the course. We need to be set on a pilgrimage to make every week, to make church, make church every week, every year, every decade. Just make it part of your life. This takes a certain strength. This strength has a flow and it comes from God. When we make a commitment in Grand Chronicles that the eyes of the Lord looking to and fro, looking to those hearts who are committed to Him so He can release strength. So when you commit afresh, when you think, oh, I don't know if I can keep going. When you make a fresh commitment, the Bible says that God is looking for people who are basically feeling like they want to give up, but they don't and they commit to go again and He brings strength into their world. They pass through the valley of Baca, which means weeping. They just keep walking. They pass through the suburb of weeping. <laughs> they just Why do they pass through? Because they just keep walking. I'm going to keep walking. I'm not going to run. I'm not going to go backwards. I'm not going to bail. I'm going to keep walking. You might be walking and crying, walking and screaming, walking and kicking, but you keep walking. Come on. That's what you do. This is how you're going to make it. Oh, can't you give me three steps and three principles from, you know, this guy on TV? No, just keep walking and being here in the house of God. If you can't smile, just fake it till you make it. Oh, isn't that all fake? It's being real. It's taking on the image and the nature of Christ. Are you with me? Okay, it says they make it a place of spring. You make it a place of spring when it's not. Something you do. There's a shift on the position on the inside of you that shifts the condition on the outside of you. When you walk into church, you're this Bible-believing person and you're oozing life. You're oozing hope. You're oozing faith because you have a God who's filled with that. Not everything's going good, but God is doing real good. It says, and those people who just get up again, who give again, who forgive again, who serve again, it says, they will go. Everybody say, they will go from strength to strength. That's what you want. There's strength to strength. See, there's strength and then there's might. In the book of Joel, it says, it says wake up the mighty man. Let all the men of war draw near. See, you can be strong. You can go to the gym. Go and ask an NRL player. We're in the final season right now. You can go to the gym five days a week. You can get strength. You can do strength conditioning. You can do fitness conditioning. You can get strong. But no, and that's like gym fitness. But nothing can prepare you for match fitness. When you run on, you cut, you fit, you've made all your times, you've done the push-ups, you're the fastest in the sprints, you've made it to the finals, and in the first three minutes, you get king hit. <laughs> okay, what might is, is your ability to recover after you've been hit. Might is how quickly you recover, because that's called match fitness. So if I've got two guys out here on weight, ben weight benches, and uh, I said, right, give me 50 push-ups on the weights, we go, it's like, okay, who's going to be the fastest? And say one guy wins and this guy, he's a few minutes behind. I said, right, we're going to wait 10 minutes. Then we're going to do it again. So strength is the guy who comes first. The guy with the might is the guy who recovers for the second round. He recovers the fastest. And so this is a journey. This is a pilgrimage. That's why God is saying, hey, I want you to wake up the mighty man. And what do we do? 
let all the men of war draw near. That means you keep coming. It's like everything inside me is fighting, is screaming. It's screaming to run, but I'm a man of war. I'm going to come and I'm going to draw near to that altar. I'm going to draw near with my money. Let me tell you, the first thing to go when, you're, when your strength is dying is your money. The first thing to go is your money and it's the last thing to return. Get on the front foot, bring your money in first and you'll find that your might will come in real quick. Okay, how much time we got? Five minutes, one minute? The last one is, well, there's two more, but I'll give you one more. Connected to one another, which is volunteering. Psalm 84, for a day in the courts is better than a thousand. I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house than dwell in the tents of the wicked. Just get serving. Just get involved. Just, you know, just ask these guys, Ward, Nicole, the team, what can I do to help? Find out what you're passionate about and just release your passion. If there isn't an outlet for that, just do whatever needs to be done. Welcome team, coffee, kids church. Just serve once a month on a roster. Just be a blessing. That word fellowship actually is partnership. It's participation. Just get involved. You'll find that you'll get more connected in church by serving than anything else. It's the greatest way to shift the house from being a house to a home. Keep on skinning the game. Serving is what's going to set you up. And the last thing is be connected to the harvest. Bring someone to church. Just be someone who steps out and be a bringer. Come on, why don't we uh, just close our eyes right now. You know why. Our life has uh, been shaped far more by bringers than anything else. Somebody brought you to the house of God. Remember my my brother brought me to church. Didn't have much choice. He just brought me to church. He said, you're coming to church. And I came to church. But it was good for me. It changed my whole life. I didn't think I was ready for it. I didn't think I needed it. I didn't really know what it was all about. I didn't understand it all. I didn't understand what the guy was preaching. He was just all excited. But at the end of the day, he just brought me. The Bible says that they brought everyone that was sick to Jesus and he healed them. Andrew brought his brother. Maybe somebody here this morning and somebody brought you along this morning. Maybe you came today Maybe it's your first time, second time, third time. And you're here. No matter where you've been, no matter where you're at, no matter what you've done, there's an open door for you to take the next step and to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord. If you have never surrendered your life to Christ, just as every eye is closed, every head is bowed, between you and God, if you have never said, Jesus, come into my life, be my Lord, be my Savior. Maybe you're here this morning and you're just away from God. You, you just know that you just got to get right with God for whatever reason. Maybe you used to walk with Him, but you've fallen away. You know you need to come back. You're here this morning, but you know in your heart you're away from God. The Bible says that He has come to those that are near and those that are far. You think, Pastor Tim, I'm so far away. I, I don't even know if I can come back. Yes, you can. Jesus says, he says, come to me, all those who are weary and burdened. If that is you today, and you've either never invited Jesus into your heart, into your life, or you've walked with him and you're away from God and you need to come back, this is the day. This is your moment. It'll be a great honor and privilege for me to pray with you. If that is you, just across this house, 
I'm just going to ask you, if you just need to respond to that, who's that person? I want you just to lift your hand if that is you. If you need to come back to the Lord, just quickly lift your hand right now. No matter where you're at, no matter what's happening, just pop your hand up between you and God if that's you. I need to come back to the Lord. Or if you've never asked Jesus to come into your life, if you've not surrendered your life to Christ, I want you just to quickly lift your hand. Who's that person here this morning? Just quickly pop it up between you and God. Just lift it. I'm just going to pray with you. Father, I just thank you right now.